Welcome back to another episode of Quarren Stream, yet another Cinesnob podcast. I'm Jared Kingery. I'm Cody Viafania. And our guest today, um, he has a uh, uh, a heavy metal talk show, which sounds fucking rad. Um, <laughs> Jordan Olds. Hey. Uh, a- how's it going, man? A.K.A. Guarcinio Hall. Yes. Uh, how's it going, man? Nice to have you. I mean, you know... I'm gardening. I'm doing yoga, which is which are <laughs> really two things I did not do four months ago. <laughs> so that's I mean, that's just a part of uh, I, I, I mean, I'm making the most out of the the fact that we're in a plague rebellion. So <laughs> Hooray. Uh, what you you're in Brooklyn, New York. Yes. And um, you mentioned it's very hot there. It is so hot, dude. It's so hot that like, like, it's like screwed up my dog's poop schedule. (laughs) Like usually she has like the times in the morning. Like she's like, uh, like we go out in the morning and then she like sniffs around and she's like, uh, just just smelling the new smells of the morning. Yeah, Uh, and then usually on the second time going out she will like like that's her poop time but right. now at like a you know this usually around like uh 10 or 11 but now it's too hot and she just like has to go and sit in the shade because uh, she's like it's too hot i can't poop i'll pass out <laughs> i you, can't exert any energy you have to walk her or is this in your yard so i'm fortunate enough to have uh, like a rare backyard with grass uh, oh, wow. for my dog. It took forever for me to find this, but like kind of one of my goals, like originally I was like not going to get a dog uh, when I was in New York. Cause I was, uh, you know, I was like, it's going to be too hard. And then I met my dog um, and I f- just fell in love with her so i had to get her and then it became like a real hunt to try to find uh number one an apartment that will take a dog no yeah. apartments in new york will take a dog <laughs> they hate they don't like it didn't matter i have a very well behaved dog she like comes she uh, when i had an office when offices existed she would come <laughs> to work with me every day she would just come and just uh the office loved her she rides the subway well the whole shebang no no apartment uh like care you can't convince anybody so it took like um it took like six months for me to like really find like a new place like i started looking early uh i had to (laughs) like crash with my partner for a while and i thought i was just gonna give up and kind of uh move into a dump but i i lucked out with the apartment that i have like there's a there's like actually a nice garden it's got a a little shed i mow a lawn it's like the (laughs) tiniest lawn ever but i mow it so i um i lucked out with the spot that i have i i feel very uh fortunate but it wasn't uh it wasn't not a pain in the ass to get here how big is your dog um she is she's only like uh like 30 35 pounds okay she looks bigger than she is she's like half a boston terrier mm-hmm. half a pit bull 
Okay. And uh, she just kind of looks like a bat and a pig had a baby. <laughs> Wait, how does how does she look bigger than she is? I don't understand that. Like fluff, uh, like like, so they, like that's not a fluffy dog. No, like if you see a picture of her, you would assume she's like a normal. She's just a normal sized pit bull with three oh. ears. But she's more she's more like a pit bull that's the size of a Boston Terrier. Okay, so you got to put like a banana beside her for scale. <laughs> yeah, for sure, exactly. We have um, we have four dogs. Uh, uh, rules. <laughs> so, yeah, it it can. Um, <laughs> Don't sound convinced there. <laughs> well, it's it's difficult though. We so we're in Texas. We're uh, my wife and I live in Austin. And we have a we have a decent sized yard, but it gets hotter than fuck here, you know. Yeah. And um, these dogs, they are Chow Labrador mixes, and they're wow. and they're all um, siblings, and they're all they all just turned thirteen years old. So my wife likes to bring them inside uh, when it gets too hot or too cold. Totally. Which is, which is fine. But man, it's it's that's a lot of dogs in a house <laughs> uh, just sleeping <laughs> on the I floor. Want. But and then I have to like they don't get along with the cats, so the cats and I have to quarantine in uh, in the bedroom. <laughs> so there's like there's just a litter box and there are food bowls in the bedroom. It's like living in a studio apartment with two cats. Um, <laughs> it, you know it's it's, yeah. it's 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 fu- it's fine, but it's like man, there's a that's a a lot of dogs to have inside a house, and I mean I they're would, I love it. Like I um, my dog. Uh, it's like I she doesn't just like sleep like at the foot of my bed like uh, me and my partner and my dog we're all spooning you know what I mean <laughs> we're all, like she's uh, my I, I I will come home a lot of the time or I will come into the other room I guess now um, and I <laughs> yeah, will yeah. find her. Like even right now, I can see that she's like, uh, she's like burrowed into the pillows on the bed. Like, I, I just I love having a dog. I probably it's probably not great for my allergies or whatever, but like I just, uh, I just I love just whatever as closer as I can be with the dog. Like I wipe her paws off and stuff every time she comes inside <laughs> because I'm like the deal is. Like I know that you're you're gonna be chilling on my pillows, and uh, you're gonna be like near my face all the time. So you got to be a little a little clean. But um, yeah, man, it's having a dog in quarantine is also uh, great. It's great. It's a great distraction. It's a great like mood booster. Yeah. Rules. When um, what my uh old dog that i had who passed away a few years ago he um i'm sorry to hear that man oh it's it's fine it was he was 14 years old so he had a nice long life but um he was uh i guess not weaned um properly or whatever um you know so they do the like the the nursing thing you know what i'm talking about where they like like uh with a cat they call it like kneading bread or whatever where they're like, where they find oh, okay. a soft surface and they pump their their paws, except he was sixty pounds, and had uh, like he his legs were longer than his body was, so he was this weird kind of just tall, short, length dog, and he would lay in the bed with me, and he would do that with the like the bedspread, but he would bite on it too. Oh wow! And um, he would like change 
positions on the bedspread. So there would just be this big, giant wet spot of dog slobber <laughs> when I woke up in the morning. And the first time I thought he had peed the bed, I was like, oh, man. But then I, I it didn't smell like anything. And then I finally figured out he was doing that. But I don't I don't know how. He, he was doing it all night long, I guess, and just soaking the bed with his... <laughs> His saliva, so I had to get him his own blanket when he slept in bed with me. <laughs> um, eventually, he got a little too big to be sleeping in the bed, so he was taking up too much room. So he had to he had to migrate to the floor. But that yeah. is a problem, like bed space uh, with a dog. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, um, the the cats take up enough room, and they're not even that big, <laughs> for sure. Uh, so um, you uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, your. Uh, your heavy metal talk show two minutes to mid uh two minutes to late night sorry yes and um where you uh so tell us about it and tell us about the guarcinio hall persona um well uh so so if you haven't seen it it's pretty much it's like a we i wanted to make uh like a talk show that was it was like that was like conan o'brien but just for music Mm-hmm. and uh originally um yeah like it's a uh, it's heavy metal themes but it's not all about heavy metal and i think that that's sort of a like a key piece of it is that mm-hmm. like not always are the guests uh heavy metal people i feel like that would be pretty limiting but yeah, yeah it's just a uh, it's it's it follows the 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 like a normal flow of uh of like a late night talk show very close to conan like i th- i think i really we i really just wanted an excuse to play guitar and <laughs> uh do conan jokes like me <laughs> and my uh teammate drew um so we just we built a show where we could like we love music so we wanted a show where we could talk to musicians and then uh like make music we wanted to celebrate music with a show and i think that that's really what it is and guarsenio wasn't even originally supposed to be me in the beginning like we were uh it was just the name of it was going to be the name of the host and the host was going to be in corpse paint mm-hmm. and it was uh the host was originally going to be uh a comedian named dave hill oh who, i didn't know that yeah, uh, Dave Hill's been on the show a lot, but he was wor- he was doing a lot of work for uh, when we were shooting the pilot. He was doing a lot of work for uh, like E the channel, mm-hmm. and he was uh, he had to miss the the pilot shoot that we had already booked out because he was like, I have to go interview Robert De Niro. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like and we were like, yeah, you. And I was like, the thing is, they're going to pay you money. Please go do that. <laughs> and uh, I um, I just, I, uh, we, we decided that I, uh, that I would just do it to try to get us through, um, through the pilot. Because we were originally pitching it to like a net, like we, I pitched the idea uh to a media company i can't say the name because i don't know if there's like a a problem but um uh we we like i was like whatever we'll just get through it and um we we pitched it and then uh we were like talking to them and like negotiating like what we were going to change like they 
they they didn't like that in the episode we have like a heavy metal guitarist uh ben wyman from the band dillinger escape plan and uh we also had a guest uh, named laura stevenson who is just as uh like a singer songwriter um and you know it was like arguing about like well why is uh why is Laura here? Maybe we do a cut of the show where there isn't Laura. And we were discussing uh, those things. And then uh, the people we were talking to at that company uh, got fired. <laughs> so we just had this pilot um, and we ended up just putting it out ourselves. And uh, it got a lot of really positive feedback. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we just slowly started uh, doing more stuff and now that we're in the quarantine uh, one of the big things that we do on the show is we have we would have the guests uh, most of the time they would play like uh, like a cover song with us or perform in uh, uh, perform with us in some way so now we're just doing uh, we had actually planned to do uh, like like isolated cover songs with musicians Um because uh, we we finished season one, and we were thinking like this could be an easy way to uh, to just um, get people's favorite part of most people's favorite part of the show is not not like the the silly interview or the sketch they want to see the weird performance they want to see mm-hmm. uh, like whoever we got perform whatever type of song uh, in the weird. Uh, heavy metal style that we have so we started we started actually planning to do these uh, like quarantine covers before (laughs) there was a pandemic yeah so uh we were i feel like we got uh we were able to put this together uh in a in in a in a special way because we had planned to do it um regardless and now we're just uh we're doing so many of them one a week it's uh chaos that's that's kind of what i wanted to kind of talk about because you know typically on this show we've had a lot of um for whatever reason we fell into having a lot of guests who are stand-up comedians on on our show here and you know what we're finding is that a lot of them you know this is the longest time they've ever been without performing in their entire career since they've started doing it. And they haven't really been doing much. Uh, I think the closest that we came to, well, I mean, we did. So we had Santos from old man gloom on the show a few episodes back. And, and, you know, even for him, you know, he's his, his, his day job on on film and TV production has, he hasn't been working. So like everyone that we've talked to has been really inactive during this period. And I was interested to talk to you because you have been seemingly incredibly busy because you know, you've had one cover a week coming out for I think what several months now, like like three months, two or three months, something like that. It's been like fourteen weeks, yeah, because we've done fourteen covers. Um, wow! And, and those those covers also are just for anyone who doesn't know are all like really well edited videos, and they're professionally mixed, and and like there's just a there's just a lot of work that seems to go into that. Yeah, no, I'm really tired. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know. For for us, like, uh, we had planned to do it not, like, one a week. But when we, you know, it was a slow start anyway. And we were like, all right, we'll do one cover song a month. 
but then the second we uh, the second the uh uh we found out that you know there was going to be lockdowns and that you know music musicians were being sent home and they weren't going to have be able to work we were like okay well we can we can try we're not using this pay the the patreon money for anything right now like you know most people who were contributing probably um like relinquished uh the patreon stuff uh because we weren't gonna do another season um because we were just gonna try to shop the show around uh and i was like all right okay we can take our patreon money and try to just give a little bit of money to uh musicians we really like and give them like a chance to uh just perform a little bit i think the you know, immediately people felt pressure to like write like a new album if they're a musician. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, all right, well, let me get into writing. It's hard to write about literally anything right now <laughs> that isn't, uh, I, you know, whether it's like uh, you have to write like a screenplay about like the normal world or whatever. It feels mm-hmm. daunting because this yeah. is a, 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 a we no one's ever been in a time like this specifically so a cover song uh you know has like a little it it's it especially like a cover in a different style of music feels like uh like you're using creativity but you don't have to use like all of your creativity um towards it if that mm-hmm. makes any sense at all like it's it's just enough without feeling like you have to like give birth to a new idea yeah and i think it's um like that's when it really well once we realized like okay we're gonna do this to like try to give people uh like a stage you know it we we got flooded with uh like people who wanted to be a part of the show song ideas um and uh, we realized that, like, uh, we just had so many uh, songs in the works. Like, there was a gap between, I think, the first release of Weird Al and uh, I think the second one was Steely Dan. But after that, it's been pretty consistent um, because so many people just really wanted to... Uh, just really wanted to be a part of these. I, I don't even... I, I think we had like an end, an end date in mind in the summer, but I I have no I don't know when it's gonna stop. <laughs> um, but we're gonna just we I I I feel like we kind of can't at this point, and mm-hmm. it's because um, we're uh, there are just a lot of musicians that we're working with uh, that we're maybe never gonna get an opportunity for. Uh, ever again which is always the hardest part about the real show at St. Vitus is uh, it's easy for you know the hardest part of the show is getting getting the availability of other musicians yeah because if they're in New York it's because they're playing a show so it's like hey are you going to be in New York and not uh not insanely busy yeah yeah (laughs) yeah not working at the 
do you want to do a show that isn't your show? Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, we've, we've talked about that with a bunch of other people, uh, too, like people that, that have podcasts and radio shows. Just It has really increased the availability of people because, first of all, no one's doing anything and everyone's at home. Right. But this idea that you need to be in the studio and in, uh, in the same room with the, you know, the advances in the microphones we've got in front of us and the, the cameras that we have, like it's not, you can still work together and create something and people have kind of ignored or, or gotten past whatever, you know, sound issues there may be. Uh, you know, if, if somebody sounds like they're, you know, sounds shittier than someone else, it doesn't really seem to matter anymore. And I, I, I've wondered, and I wonder what you think. Um, we've posed this question before. Like, do you think that's going to continue? Do you think you'll be able to, once this is all over and, you know, you get back to, to doing the live shows like you want and the, the big shows in person, but do you think that, you know, you can just pick up the, the, you know, Skype or, or zoom or whatever and talk to this guy across the country and have him do your, you know, the, the cover song or whatever you're working on. Do you think you'll be able to keep doing that? I, I mean, I don't know how it is for other folks. I think, uh, I think now we will be on a lot of other people's radar because it definitely has, I, I, the problem with, I think the growth of two minutes to late night, I don't know. It is turned into, a pitch meeting, but, um, <laughs> uh, you know, I think the, uh, our, always our struggle was we have, um, was being able to consistently release stuff. Um, like we have, we have like a quality standard that we really want to keep on the show. We've never, we, we've talked about other ways to do the show, like easier, like easier formats like mm-hmm. what if it's what if two minutes late and i was just like a podcast like me talking to a person and it's the thing is uh, we're not interested in doing that we're not interested in just like doing um b- because it's not really what the show is it's not or at least not like this like i don't i wouldn't want to just uh like um wear face paint and then interview somebody i like (laughs) after that like i i don't for for me i don't know what i don't think we would get what we would want out of that um so for for a while it's just been yeah like booking the show was the hardest part or like Mm, yeah and, and so we couldn't consistently release episodes um and I think, like, uh, now that we have a thing where it's like, yeah, once a week, there's stuff we're seeing. Like, we've doubled our YouTube subscriptions. Um, nice. Uh, like, you know, it's we're, we're definitely seeing the results of it. And I, I don't really know what it's going to look like um, when things go back to it. I, I don't even we don't even know when that is. Um, but I think, I, I think that, um, I think that it'll still be, (laughs) I think when people have like, you know, tours and stuff and, 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 uh, like, and, you know, agendas, it'll go, it'll be hard to, uh, like make stuff so consistently, 
but I don't think I think that after this we can we can probably get we'll be on a lot of other musicians' radars, mm-hmm. so we can probably uh, do more stuff that we have always kind of dreamed of doing, like uh, playing Bruce Springsteen. With Jay Weinberg, uh, who's Max Weinberg's son. Oh, the drummer for... Uh, he's, is he the Slipknot drummer? He's mm-hmm. the Slipknot drummer. Yeah. And uh, yeah, his dad played in Bruce Springsteen, and his dad was on Conan. Yeah. So, you know, we... Like, now we're very friendly with Jay. We love working with Jay. Um, but that was like a dream of ours when we originally started the show. Is like, what can we do... Uh, we gotta we gotta do stuff with uh, like Jay Weinberg and Max Max Weinberg. Like we gotta do like a heavy metal Bruce Springsteen with uh, with Jay Weinberg, and we've done that now, and that's crazy. Uh, so there's just um, uh, it, that that part of it is is cool, um, and I, I that like I I am excited to have had this time to just completely throw myself uh like the world is forcing me to throw myself into two minutes to late night um and uh i'm trying to make the most out of it is there something that you you have uh like you know obviously you say you don't want to you don't want to put on the coarse paint and you know sit in front of a, a zoom camera or whatever and interview people but is there some have you have you found something or do you have any kind of germ of an idea of something you might want to do uh you know p- purely in that form i know you you've done the covers but the you know is there something else you maybe have come up with or would like to experiment with or or have been I'm, and I'm thinking about and to piggyback on, on that just like maybe if there's it, i was kind of interested to see if there's anything on the comedy side of things too that could facilitate that because you know the music stuff is 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 really well done and i was wondering if you got the itch to do more of the comedic stuff as well maybe even in that format you know we're talking about options of what we can do that we would uh that wouldn't feel like we are really sacrificing something. So I think a lot of what's happening, at least for me in this time, is really figuring out, all right, um, what what is this going to be? Like, uh, I don't think that a lot of people really want to watch. Um, like, we're going to... Everyone, I think, is looking at, like... Uh, like live stream performances or like uh like filmed uh no audience concerts as um you know it, it it's not the people are not like excited for that cuz it just feels like it's a concert uh it but with but it's less of a concert so i think it's trying to figure out what you can do with this medium to make something new. So I don't, uh, I think a lot of our discussions about what to do with the, with the show, be it interviews or comedy is really like, what can we do with, uh, like with all of us separated because we're so reliant on our crew. We love like we're, I went to film school for directing. So I want Mm -hmm. the, I, 
I like if we're gonna film stuff like we've we've we don't want to lose the quality that we had in the show like I I I think like all if if anything could be said about the show it's that the quality uh at least production wise increased whether you liked uh, where the jokes or anything went that's uh that is absolutely uh like arguable but i think the production quality obviously went up in the show and i'm trying to figure out like what can we do uh isolated that feels like it's on purpose that feels like we would have done it anyway so you know mm-hmm. with the quarantine with the isolated covers we planned to do that so we're happy to continue doing that. And I want to see, like, what can we do that we would actually be excited about? I don't have uh, I don't I don't know what I want to mention here because I don't know actually what we're going to end up doing. But we are we're absolutely talking about it. We're trying to figure out, like, what can what can we do that would be uh, cool um for this medium because i do think that the that our version of the of the cover songs feels uh it feels different than other quarantine performances and i'm uh i i think that there's i think that it's something that to the thing to it um you're seeing a song performed in a style you haven't seen before and with mm-hmm. musicians that would never normally play together. I think there are people who, uh, there are a lot of quarantine covers, but they're sort of the expect, like it's by musicians. It's musicians covering a song. Like they'll be covering David Bowie and you're like, oh, okay, of course I know that that musician likes David Bowie. That yeah. makes sense that they would be playing David Bowie with other musicians who would like David Bowie? Um, so on our show, you know, you're, you're seeing uh, like a hot. You're sh- seeing like Cher's guitarist, the drummer of Pup, uh, <laughs> and like Master Intruder, and we're covering Bonnie Raitt in the style <laughs> of GNR. Like that's, I like that's so weird. Um, and I, th- you know. I, I th- you know it's not I've seen I see a lot of metal bands like covering metal songs and it sounds like the metal song. <laughs> yeah, that, there's It's like uh like this thrash guitarist and that thrash guitarist and they're covering a thrash song. Of course they are. <laughs> oh um, yeah, yeah. Uh and so I think that that's like I don't I'm not in, we're not interested in just doing that piece of it. So it's it's we got to figure out what we can do, we want to be something that you can't see anywhere else or can't find. So that's what we're we're working on that part of it. And a lot of what we want to do is pretty ambitious, and we're trying to figure out like, uh, all right, well, we could do that, but where do we get this piece of a thing or this piece of equipment <laughs> to do yeah. that? So it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of brainstorming and problem solving right now, uh, so that it isn't just me sitting in my office that everyone thinks is my entire apartment <laughs> interview. So. I think, I think you're the first person we've talked to that, that has like actual deals in place right now that can't talk about things going forward. So it's uh, it's a little, intriguing Oh, it's not a deal. I'm just, I, we're not, there's going to be no money. It's just me. <laughs> oh, talking okay. To okay. Dr- okay. I got gotcha. you. 
it's me. I I'm just a little superstitious. Like I feel like if I say what I want us to be doing, then it won't. <laughs> I th- yeah. I thought we had stumbled across our first NDA on the show. So uh, oh no, would've... not at all. No one <laughs> like the the biggest. Hopefully, with the subscriptions uh, being up now, that we can have. Um, uh, we've had a lot of meetings about the show. We've had a lot, you know, we, we've, we've been, we've pitched it a lot, but because we were, we're like a ground up, uh, word of mouth thing, um, that is extremely inconsistent in its output. It's hard to justify that people would be interested in this show since there isn't another version of this show really like not since like metalocalypse there hasn't Mm -hmm. been like metal on television so when we're going into meetings you know people can like the humor or like the idea but it's hard to convince people with money to invest in the show when there isn't like when there when we would be the first thing that would be like us in a long time yeah yeah, and I, I I can sympathize with the the uh, infrequency of a show uh, losing people's interest because Cody and I have done that several times. So. <laughs> it's uh, uh well you know it's not it's just that we don't have like you know when it when we first came out uh, came out of the gate like we had you know we had a lot of uh, attention and then there was um and it was like a year before we made another episode or, or put out a skin. <laughs> so you know uh i think a lot of people were like what do we do with this but now that we're making something once a week i think that that sort of changes things a little bit and um i think the best my favorite thing about it is i think it's our chance to really show i'm hoping I'm hoping that we can continue to get artists that aren't from the metal world on these songs. Like, yeah. uh, I think the biggest, like, Alexis from Sleigh Bells singing oh, yeah. Guns N' Roses on, with us. On Rocket Queen. Yeah, that was a, That's great, awesome. a great one. Uh, thank you. But I, I, I want that, that, I want, I'm, I'm hoping that, uh, like, her being on the show will lead to uh, musicians from just other genres of music joining us for a weird metal cover because the whole point of two minutes in general is just to get everybody to come play in the metal sandbox or whatever yeah Yeah, well yeah um yeah i mean it's 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 a it's a great to have the idea and then it's also another thing to execute it Uh, (laughs) and i think that's been um the problem i think a lot of people face in, in especially right now i mean i I do some um, um, freelance writing for The Hard Times. I'm sure you're familiar yeah. with it. Uh, and it's been tough to pitch things because it's been so... Like, it, everyone wants to talk about the quarantine, but I'm fucking sick of talking about it. Mm-hmm. So I just keep pitching, like, Simpsons references and Beavis and Butthead shit. So right. uh, it, it's, it's, um, it's, it's definitely uh, uh, admirable that you're able to stay producing something with regularity during during a time like this it's uh it's not it's not easy for sure um, I mean it, the fact that Cody and I just have to watch movies and talk to each other makes 
producing something like this pretty easy, but <laughs> um, go ahead, Cody. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, wait, wait, there's not a lot of creative element other than just opening our mouths in front of the mic. So it's, it's true. It's, it's true. There's not, there, we're not writing jokes and, and things. Um, as you can probably tell, the, the jokes kind of suck. Um, <laughs> no, anyway, you're doing great. Thank but, you. Yeah, I think that that's like uh, that's the biggest thing is we're going to is we're trying to figure out like how do we make the show in quarantine without it seeming like we're in quarantine because we also don't really want to do that like that mm-hmm. that feels like it'll we have tried to not you know. We've tried to not do like a video with like gas masks or hazmat suits because it'll like immediately date uh, yeah. whatever we do, um, and and like trap us in this in this time. It'll be like uh, it'll be like a Borat joke. <laughs> like remember, <laughs> it'll be it'll be like Borat, ha Borat, and then it's and then in two <laughs> years it's people like oh my god, remember Borat. And then it comes back around and it's ironic. It's like, oh my god, remember Borat, my wife, and now it's <laughs> Borat voice. My wife is a joke. Uh, it's crazy. So we're trying. To, we're trying. Yeah, it's really about like how do we? It's it's just about how do we, how do we seem like we meant to do this? <laughs> yeah. Um, god. Yeah. I, I've had this idea for a an audio podcast that I like a, a narrative that I'm like, I just can't picture doing it right now. And it's cause it, it it's, it was a, like a comic con inspired thing. Mm-hmm. And I just I'm like, well, what's when this thing is finally done, what's a fucking event like that ever going to look like again? Like, is right. it going to be at, you know, 10,000 people crammed into a, a convention center? Um, yeah. So that, that, the, the, the uh, struggle is definitely real on stuff like that, but um, let's uh, let's go ahead and pivot now to the, kind of the whole point of the show. Um, <laughs> yeah, for sure. I know we we get off on tangents and it's it's great, but uh, so the idea is um, we wanted to know um, Jordan what you've been watching uh, during this quarantine. You mentioned uh, before the show you were doing uh, yoga and uh, gardening and and things like that, but have you been kind of glued to the TV to wind down? Um, you know. Yes, I think everyone. <laughs> I think everyone. It's uh, in some way mm-hmm. is. Um, I've been. I've been. Mo- I think we. Uh, me and my partner started off the quarantine, watching uh, like all t- all type. We were like, we're gonna watch new stuff, like a bunch of stuff we hadn't seen or. Um. Like a lot of uh, like documentaries, and I I remember we were watching uh, like uh, it was like a week into it was like two weeks into the quarantine, and we were watching like uh, a documentary about uh, the wrestler Chris Benoit like murdering his entire family. <laughs> yeah, and yep. I was like I and I think it gave me like a panic attack. I was so stressed. I was like. I have stress of the world and now and now I'm stressed out because of like people can become this <laughs> like, uh, like that's the one I where mean, he yeah he like uh he murdered his whole family but like the day after they gave him like this huge tribute at uh was it Monday Night Raw? Well no it like was that? no it, the circumstances were basically they didn't have all the details of what happened 
So so they knew that he died, and so they right. That's what I'm on, talking about. Yeah, yeah, they went on the air and gave him a tribute, and then the next day, kind of did a mea culpa on that. Yeah, it was just a whole thing where it was like, you know, that's, that was a rough watch. <laughs> it was a really rough watch. Uh, oh, the like the actual thing live. I can't imagine what that must have felt like. But uh, like we were just, I you know, just listening to it. Just like the concept of like brain deterioration and like that, like uh, that can happen to a person's mind and head. Like it was just, I was like, that is a lot on top of everything else that's happening. <laughs> yeah. So from then on, like you know, I'm just trying. Like I've been uh, like, we've been like rewatching the Muppet Show. Mm-hmm. I love because I love the like also such a big of obviously a huge influence on Two Minutes to Late Night. Yeah, um, we've been rewatching the Muppet Show. Um, we watched all of like the Muppet movies. Uh, I've been watching like a lot of musical stuff, I guess, because yeah, it's like the Muppets. I'm watching. Uh, I we started watching like Crazy Ex Girlfriend, uh, which had a very good first season and then is uh really axel rosing itself uh, it's a real chinese democracy after that they, <laughs> a lot of a lot of big ideas a lot of great uh, the songs on the show are great but they're uh there's clearly a lot of weird stuff going on with like what the creators want to do and like what what the studio wants them to do and you get like some it's just uh you get like entire season arcs in like one episode. <laughs> it's like someone was pregnant for only one episode. What is happening? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, sorry. Um, we've, uh, I've been watching uh, like glued to stuff like Mystery Science Theater 3000. Totally. And, um, you know, it doesn't have, it's not, um, you know, it's, it's more, more comfort stuff uh, than anything else. But, um, we wanted to take the opportunity, Cody and I, to uh, recommend some movies to you okay. that you maybe haven't seen. Uh, Cody, go ahead and uh, give give Jordan your recommendation. Yeah, so when we were doing some pre-show prep, we kind of talked a little bit about, you know, again, what, what you were maybe interested in. And it seemed like, you know, potentially documentaries, potentially something that's not too hard of a watch uh, for reasons that we now understand, I think, <laughs> that have context. Uh, and... Uh, and what I went ahead and went with was a I went with a documentary uh, that's on Amazon, and it's called Indie Game the Movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I have never heard of this. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't think you would because it's super. It's a super small, very obscure movie that uh, I actually saw the the very first South by Southwest I ever attended, um, and it was one of those things where my favorite film festival experience is where. You know, you it's 11 o'clock in the morning and you need something to start your day off and you just, you know, wander into a theater and hope for the best. And uh, it was really, really a great documentary. So it's about I don't know if you are a gamer at all. I'm not, but um, I still play with it. I uh, am not a gamer. I've like um, I but I do like one like I used to play video games as a kid because mm-hmm. uh every kid played video games yeah. with, uh in my school so i 
And I fell in love with like one video game and I loved uh, Final Fantasy VII when I was a child. And it was just, I played that game and then I was like, well, that is the video game that I like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I played that in the quarantine and then um, since I was doing that, everyone was like, oh, you should play this and that. And I was like, I, I'm probably not. I <laughs> I only know how to play this one. That's <laughs> yeah. all I got. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm not even good at one game, so I... Well, I mean, I dropped off of uh, video games after the Nintendo 64, so... Oh. Well, know. so, I mean, here's the thing about this movie is I think that, that there's a connection even if you aren't a gamer. So essentially what it is is it's about the development of a few... It focuses on a few um, de- uh, in- independent games that are kind of created by independent creators and then uploaded to, you know, the Xbox Live Arcade. So it's it focuses on the uh, the game Super Meat Boy um, as well as Fez. Fuck yeah. Super Meat Boy. Yeah, Super Meat Boy. Super Meat Boy yeah. is... Uh incredible that's an incredible title i love that yeah <laughs> that's also what i'm gonna call drew from now on that was i, I think that was cody's aim screen name <laughs> i wish it's like x x o super meat boy x o <laughs> nice yeah and so it it, it, it sort of <laughs> follows uh these these people like painstakingly sitting up and creating to perfection what they want their game to be and because there's nobody over their heads, they're trying to distill every little message or piece of them and put it inside these games. And so it's sort of balancing, you know, what can be uh, something good for an audience with what's good personally. And and then, you know, you've got this one character who's a bit of a, like a bit of a polarizing figure who's creating Fez, who, which is this game that was in development for a really, really long time. And it kind of follows him trying to get the game right. And so it's, it's you know, people really trying to push through and get their creativity through while also, you know, having panic attacks because their their game is not up on Xbox at the time it was supposed to be and they were supposed to get like a, you know, a, a screen on the main page that's advertising it and it's not there. So it's, you know, it's it's a it's a really small scale of kind of like creative people and the struggles they go through when trying to create something on a larger scale. So it's really great, really inspiring. And I think it, I think any creative person would get a lot out of it. So that's, that's what I'm going with. It's indie game, the movie on Amazon. Yeah. I actually really want to see that. That sounds super interesting. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so my pick is a, a bit of a, of a different take. It's a, it's a, it's a comfort, uh, comfort food movie for me. Uh, and it's called Dave. Uh, it's a 1993 comedy uh, starring Kevin Klein. Oh my God! That is my f- <laughs> my uh, my friend. Uh, it, it that's that is liter- one of my my friends uh, Julia Nathan, who is um, like I just know through comedy. Um, like she was uh, like she she was like. She had like, have you guys seen the Chris Gethard show? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. She has Julia is in every single is like in nearly every single episode of the Chris Gethard show. She has her like own spot behind Chris almost every episode. She like, um, <laughs> like she famously like can't see a dog without crying immediately. <laughs> she is, uh, I love her to death. Dave is bizarrely her favorite movie ever. Wow. She has, uh, she has like 
Dave merch, like a Dave phone case for her birthday, like what? her first birthday, <laughs> like the first, like the the first birthday that I was like friends with her. I got her Dave on Laserdisc because I thought it would be funny, and she's like, and then she laughed so hard and was like, "I already <laughs> Dave on Laserdisc." I have never seen Dave though. Okay, well, um, wow, that's awesome that uh, I we Real cool. you have a connection to like the world's biggest Dave fan. I, the world's, but there's no fucking way anyone loves. <laughs> that movie more than Julie. <laughs> Not even Dave. Kevin Klein loves no. Dave. Let me just quickly say this. I, I put Julia in into Google and pulled up her bio on the UCB comedy website. Yes. Julia Nathan is a writer, comedian, and producer living in New York City. Her favorite movie is Dave. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's her bio. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> so um, the premise of the movie is um, the, uh, the president of the United States... Um, fall like is um is incapacitated and uh the uh his chief of staff who's kind of this dickhead played by frank langella uh works to uh politically maneuver around the having the vice president take over as the constitution would dictate and he hires this impersonator a guy named dave kovac uh who's also played by kevin klein plays the president and plays dave so he hires this impersonator to um, impersonate the president uh, while the real president is in a coma. Um, I love a switcheroo movie. <laughs> oh, good. Then you then this is right up your alley. Uh, he's got a, um, you know, he, he's a good guy. And the, the president is, I guess it's sort of a Bill Clinton analog, uh, but more corrupt. Um, it's a very, look, it, the movie's from 1993. So it's a very, very rosy picture of politics compared to today. Um, so it's not, um, you know, it, it's it's the idea of a of a of a good man being put in charge. Um, so it, it, you know, it it may seem woefully out of date now. It may it may be like watching It's a Wonderful Life right Could now. Could it actually be about Clinton though? Because Clinton only became president in nineteen ninety three true so they probably wrote they would have had to write the movie uh before clinton so that's true probably closer it would probably i mean it would be bizarre well the the (laughs) idea i think the idea um is that that he's a sort of a womanizer and um you know has a terrible relationship with his wife um I, you're you're probably right though. That would have to be a quick a quick turnaround. But if they wrote the if it was like when do, do we know when it came out? 1993. Um, oh, so the summer or or winter? Uh, oh, it was uh, May of '93. So yeah, yeah that, that would have given them. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like you know, three months. I, I don't remember the '92 campaign well, but I don't know how. I don't know how. Um, I feel like like uh, Clinton's, uh, you know, uh, personal life was was pretty big in that time. I, I don't know. I, it may be based on it may be kind of um, just a happy coincidence that it right. that it feels like that. Um, but at, as a result, uh, you know, it's by, by it's the way, almost, just, just I'm just 
just to provide context, because I was interested, uh, the the screenwriter wrote it while working on the Michael Dukakis campaign. So oh okay yeah, but Gary uh, Gary Ross yeah um yeah so it's um again it's it's very quaint by today's standards uh, when it comes to political scandal. Uh, but it, it is uh, it is a delightful movie, and it's one of those ones that um, that before you know before I I got rid of cable and just went to streaming. If I ever stumbled across it, flipping channels, I was stopping to watch it. Um, it's again, awesome. it starts stars Kevin Klein, Sigourney Weaver, Frank Langella. Uh, it's got Ving Rhames. It's got Ben Kingsley. Uh, the director is Ivan Reitman, who of course did Ghostbusters, uh, and that is streaming on Hulu right now. So you can watch that uh, for free on Hulu. Uh, so don't tell us what you're going to pick. We will pick that up in the next episode. Okay. Um, so I understand you have a pick for us. Can you tell us what that is? Well, I have um, a lot. You guys asked me like about um, like stuff I'm watching or like favorite all-time movies. Uh, I have a lot of... I have like a lot of uh favorite movies and they <laughs> like range from just every like uh like uh i think favorite is like different than best i think like yeah, yeah. one of the oh, best mo- movies ever made is uh i think maybe the best like it's a movie is uh once upon a time in the west okay um, but that's not I think my favorite movie is really weird. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to, I, I always, uh, it's always the movie that pops into my brain. So I always say that this is my favorite movie and it's escape from New York. Ah. Um, and it's, uh, it's like a real, it's an early John Carpenter film. It's like the first movie. It, it It's like his big, uh, it's like his first, not horror movie right um then he made like he makes halloween uh for no money (laughs) and (laughs) it blows the fuck up he makes like a he makes like a elvis thing for tv uh yeah that's where he first that's kurt russell his first kurt russell collaboration right that's where he first um meets kurt russell uh before they go on to just be the be like Tim Burton, Johnny Depp, but way better. And in the um, yeah, Tim Burton and Johnny Depp, but no one's a fucking creep. Um, <laughs> That's important. Huge, hugely important. But um, yeah, it's just uh, it's him. It's like pretty. The I think the the biggest thing with like John Carpenter is he kind of does like like uh, the the first like types uh like he does like the first type of a movie and then other people go and run with it like he he like invents the slasher genre right that we are still doing uh <laughs> like 50 years later um i don't know how time time works um i think it's 40 halloween it's 40. is 40 it's it's yeah right yeah it's 79 is um but then or 78 78 and then uh he did the fog in 79 yes so i count like he was already making the fog or se- like, i'm sorry before. 1980 i apologize anyway. uh, yeah 
So he makes Halloween and he, you know, and then immediately goes and works on the fog. So like the first thing he gets to make off of the success of Halloween is really Escape from New York. And I think it's one of the most like, um, for me, I think it is, uh, it's, it's everything I like that movie is everything that like I value in, in filmmaking. <laughs> I think I love the film for what it is, for like how it is and what it is or, or more, how it is more than what it is. Um, and yeah, it's just a, it's a movie where it's the future, but the future is 1997. <laughs> um, and uh, like the presidents. So they, t- it's 1997 and uh new york becomes so bad that uh they just and it's so riddled with crime they just wall it off they (laughs) just wall it off and turn it into essentially like a, a living hell uh prison so they just are rather than like trying to fix new york or manhattan they just wall it off and then it's just a place where like uh <laughs> like criminals make uh like a weird po- post-apocalyptic world for themselves <laughs> um and then the president's plane goes down oh, in shit. new york oh no <laughs> uh and so they got to get kurt russell who's kurt russell <laughs> they got to get kurt russell who's like an old war hero to go and like rescue him and he uh doesn't want to and he it's like it's like the first anti-hero movie okay like, bes- that isn't like a western um i i would say like i think the concept f- uh behind like um a hero who's not a hero is really from this movie or it popular popularized it yeah i would say um and then it's uh it and then you know other people do anti-hero stuff and eventually it becomes a real problem (laughs) (laughs) but uh i i uh yeah i love it i think that um have you guys seen this movie i have not and it's it's a it's a major blind spot for me and i um i because i i remember seeing escape from la um when i was a teenager because i worked in a video store yeah. Um and I don't remember being fond of Escape from LA. I have a uh, hot take. I love Escape from LA, but it is I know why people don't like it. And it's uh after we when we're All right, you guys are watching Escape from New York. That's just what right. it is. Mm-hmm. Have you okay. seen it? Cody? No, no, no. I ha- I have not seen it, but I have a but I have a well noted famous blind spot in the eighties, so that shouldn't come to a surprise oh, yeah, to anyone. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. He's he's only just now watching like Predator and yeah. Oh a shit! Bunch of, okay. Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. a he's a youngin, so it's right. uh, comparatively. Well, uh, you know, uh, we can talk about Escape from L.A. Also, I know that I am in the minority. Okay, and that people do not like that movie. Um, but I think that I, you know, I, I, we can talk about that 
more, I guess, in the other episode because I think yeah. that like John Carpenter throughout his career always kind of continues to have the same problems with his filmmaking and uses and and the same and always uses the same solutions to work around them but uh, in the 90s uh those solutions become harder to work with okay and that's i think that that's where we kind of lose tr- where he just kind of goes like ah fuck and just watches basketball <laughs> okay. i'm curious to hear this theory Cool. Um, all right. So we will watch uh, Escape from New York. It I'm appears... watching Dave. I want to see this documentary, but I'm going to watch Dave. Okay. Well, we'll we'll uh, we'll we'll make sure that uh, that uh, we we have a point system. So we'll uh, we'll make sure that you watch Dave in the next the next episode. So, um, but uh, it looks like Escape from New York is on uh, Amazon Prime. Okay. Uh, so if you want to watch that too, you can go ahead and do that. Um, uh, Jordan, thanks for joining us. Yeah, guys. Um, can you plug uh, plug where people can find your stuff right now? Oh, yeah. Uh, please follow Two Minutes to Late Night on Twitter at um, 2M2LN. Follow us on Instagram at Two Minutes to Late Night. Go to honorableswords.com. It's just such a funny website uh, name, but that is it links <laughs> to our Patreon. Um, where you can support us. All of the money from the Patreon goes towards uh, paying the artists who perform on the covers with us. It's all to just really help musicians right now because it's hard. Who knows what uh, a musician's life is going to have to turn into. Uh, So we're just trying to help that transition. And also do it just if you like uh, what we make cool um you can uh listen to cody and i uh on our other podcasts we have uh the cinesnob podcast where we review new release uh movies uh right now that's all vod stuff we just uh transitioned to a video element so you can see our faces and oh, um yeah. and cody has a running gag of uh, movie promo hats that he's wearing so yeah. Well, Who knows I, what it'll be next week. Yeah, and also, it, I, this is a good week to check out our video section because we review uh, Money Plane on this oh, podcast. Oh, yeah. Nice. Money Plane. Uh, also, we have a re-MCU where we are re-watching and re-evaluating the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, Cody, you also have another show that you're on. Oh, I'm also watching <laughs> the... the uh, at the request <laughs> of my partner, I'm also watching the MCU. That's very funny. Have you... Uh, not seen it? Or oh, you just I have. No, I, it? Okay. I have. Uh, but am I? You know, we're just look. After a while, I think I know we're in the plug section. I don't care. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, fine. Go for it. Uh, you know, we're talking. Like we're talking. We were like, let's watch a fran. We're just gonna watch some franchise shit. Some stuff that has like a lot of movies, so we don't have to make a decision <laughs> yeah. about what to watch all the time. We were like, "We'll do this. We'll watch uh, some other shit, <laughs> like whatever has like <laughs> a lot of movies. Uh, we'll just do that, so we can just it's just something is on, uh, so that we just don't have to like argue about it." 
Yeah. No, I, I can totally feel that. I mean, we, uh, my wife and I just end up watching Impractical Jokers half the time, just kind of zoning out on mm-hmm. episodes we've seen 10 million times. Um, but yeah, uh, you can get those podcasts on um, Apple Podcasts. You can find uh, the Cinestop Podcast on YouTube, on Twitch, oh, and, on Facebook. And, and my other podcast, real quick, is The Ramble. It's with Jerry Rocha, comedians Jerry Rocha and Eddie Pence. And episodes come out every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. Cool. Um, Jordan, thanks for joining us. Thank you, boys. We will talk to you soon. Uh, On that note, my name is Jared Kingery. And I'm Cody Viafania.